And we are live here on Diamonds and Hashmarks. I am the host and producer, Alex Pichardo. I'm the co-host, Peyton Pichardo. Yiddick. boy, that's a streak. You did it. That's that's I a did. winning streak right there. Three straight it. shows, you got your cue right, and you introduced yourself. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Off to a hot start already today. Um, lots lots to get to. Had a, had a great football weekend. Uh, the hot stove in baseball is hot stoving, and we got plenty to cover there. Uh, sure. Just... I think this is honestly some some of the best time of the year in sports, like that late October, early November yeah. point of the year. Although I think something could be said for spring when you have March Madness, golf, and uh, baseball starting up all at the same time. Like I, I don't know what part of the sports year is better, whether it's this year, yeah. uh, like this part of the year, or that part in early spring. Like if if this were a buy-seller hold, and you could not hold, what would you choose? This part of the year, like late October World Series, NBA just started, uh, NFL is in like week seven around that time, college football, yeah. you got rivalries happening. Like, what's better, that or spring? I'd have to buy, I'd have to buy for fall, I think. I just am so invested and so in tune with everything here. Not that I'm not in tune with uh, everything that happens in the spring. I love March Madness. I love college basketball. I love looking at that and love those uh, upsets and matchups, um, wherever they get seated and wherever they get bracketed. Um, so it's hard because I mean, yeah. you also got you also got golf and the Masters and like if we're if we're still doing the show and there's what do you mean time, if? when we're oh, sorry when we're still doing the show. Um, <laughs> that was crazy. When we're still doing the show, come springtime, um, and we upload an episode on Thursday, we could be like making like master predictions and like who yeah, wins. we could. Yeah. Although we've kind of steered clear of getting into any basketball whatsoever. Like I think the most basketball has been talked about on the show is when I brought up the Bad Boy Pistons when we were talking about Adolis <laughs> Garcia and the villain. That's role. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's I think the most we've seen out of basketball. Yeah. Diamonds and hash marks, as the name implies. Diamonds yep. baseball, hash marks football. That's kind of what we do. Um, our allegiances lie with the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Boston Red Sox. Uh, yep. But we love all professional teams and those respective sports uh, and college football. We definitely cover that. One of us resides in Gainesville, so I can't really escape uh, the Florida you Gators. Lo- you there, love so. all the teams in the NFL and college football. No, no, no. I'm, I wasn't trying to say that. I'm just trying to say that, like, we love football in general and talking yes, about all do. the headlines. Yeah, I no, I cannot. We'll we're going to we'll get, get to we'll it. We'll get into it later. We'll get into it later. Yeah. Yeah. I don't ever see myself looking at the Dallas Cowboys in a positive light, but we'll get there. Or Notre Dame, but I'm already getting off track. Let's go ahead and take care of the housekeeping items right before That's we it. get started. Yeah. Um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, that's where you can find uh, this show. Also on YouTube, if you're dying to watch us. Uh, <laughs> Diamonds and hash marks, basically everywhere. Uh, on YouTube, Instagram, uh, gmail.com. That's where you can reach out to the show. Let us know what you think about what we think. Uh, if you're looking for us on Twitter, we are there, but there is no S. Diamond hash mark on Twitter. Nest pod, nest.pod, and what's up, Doc? Our show's very similar to ours, although they don't restrain themselves to to just football and baseball um that we love them we've been on uh what's up doc before i we're gonna keep working with nest pod to try to figure out when we can get on theirs because we've had a couple of their members on our shows but um if you hit all of us up with five-star reviews you help the algorithm figure out who to recommend us to next 
and that's huge. We appreciate yeah. that. We see all the impressions, all the libraries that we wind up in. I don't know how we wind up in that many Spotify libraries, but it, it's it's fun to watch. Uh, we love interacting with you guys. Keep interacting with the show. Um, I did have somebody text me, text us actually, this morning about today's episode. And if we ever get that personal where you can text me about the show, th that's that's beautiful. But we have to start somewhere. Hit us yeah. up, Instagram, at gmail.com. I'm not just going to give you my number. Uh, that's not being broadcasted. That's but true. we can get yeah. there. I, I, you got to wine and dine me. I, I'm, not, I'm not that easy to get to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it is a football first Monday, as we typically do on these shows, chronologically, as always. So we're going to go ahead and start with college football on Saturday. Work our way into the NFL. I don't know how much Monday night football we're going to talk about, though. Like, I yeah. can't tell you what the matchup is. I know that the Jets are playing because one of the guys in my fantasy league has Garrett Wilson, and he's hoping mm. he pops up, like, pops off for 40-plus, but I don't know who they're playing. Do you know? No. Uh, I can look at it right here. Um, is it the Chargers? Are they playing Justin Herbert and the Chargers? I don't know. Well, we I think we said it um, in our Thursday episode, but then we were like, who cares? Uh, Well... Maybe no, that may it, have been in reference to the Sunday night football game or something. Okay. I, uh, yeah, Char Chargers Jets. You're right, Chargers Jets. Chargers Jets. Okay. Yeah. So, I, I mean, who does care? Well, okay. All right. It'll be, it, it be interesting to see if the Jets can um, uh, win again and be five and three with no Aaron Rodgers. Which, uh, yeah, it that storyline has been incredible to watch this year. Before been. we get into college football, let's just take a moment to understand that the Jets season, according to public opinion, was over within the first couple minutes of the the first game. Yeah. And Zach Wilson, after losing the first three out of the gate, like they somehow beat the Bills. Then they lost, what, three straight? But yeah. he has since turned it or something like that. I, I haven't been paying that close attention to the Jets season, but they have sure. turned it around. Like, but it's also right, weird yeah. because we're rooting for Zach Wilson and this America's team of the NFL mm -hmm. because it's not Dallas yeah. to do well no, enough no, so that we can <laughs> so that like we want them to do well enough. We're all rooting for them so that we can see Zach Wilson benched and Aaron <laughs> Rodgers to come back. Yeah, that, that's got to be weird for him, you know? Yeah, for sure. No. Definitely. The more the more he succeeds, the better shot he has at getting benched at the end of the year. I don't news. think that's a hot take, though. Oh, no. Oh, but you we, were doing we breaking news. news. Uh, Kyler okay. Murray will return for the Cardinals uh, if all goes well this Sunday. Interesting. Yeah, uh, we'll see how that goes. I, but... I don't... I don't yeah, know how much ahead. that helps the Cardinals at this point in the year, as poorly as right. they've done. Yeah. And Josh Dobbs isn't there anymore. He's tearing it up over with the Minnesota Vikings. I incorrectly yeah. reported that he was not going to start on Sunday. And Jaron Hall was starting Sunday just because yeah. they wanted to give him more time to figure out the offense. Yeah. But he's also an aerospace engineer. Yeah. So he kind of learned the fun. offense in a week. Yeah. He'll be, he'll be <laughs> like, I think the way it was reported, they said that he... Uh, the offensive coordinator in Josh Dobbs' headset was like telling him what play to call. And then as he was walking up to the line of scrimmage, the offensive coordinator was mapping out the play in his head. Mm. Like 
X is going to run this route, like just so that Josh Dobbs could visually picture it and mm-hmm. know that's what it like. It was Madden for Josh Dobbs, and that's if Josh Dobbs <laughs> operates on Madden and it works, by all means, I guess keep by doing all means, it. But... Do it yeah. All right, we're getting yeah. off track. We were supposed to talk about college football. So let's yeah, talk about we it. did cover two NFL subjects that we did kind of want to cover at some point. But um, for what it's worth, let's go ahead and get started. Um, NCAA football, uh, the Gators. Horrendous. Yeah. Uh, that that was a bad loss to an Arkansas team that we should have beat uh, and beat by a lot. Mm. And I... <laughs> I don't I don't know where to go from here. I have talked to several people and the next three games for the Gators are all against ranked opponents. And we covered that, I think, a little while ago where we said four games left. You have to beat Arkansas. You got FSU, LSU and I I forget who else, Um, but but you have to beat them. Uh, Well, you have to beat Arkansas. You can do whatever you want against the other three. Next year is Napier's year where he has to figure it out. Otherwise, he's gone. Yeah. This loss to Arkansas, I think, it essentially cements next year is the last year, and we need to see something. Yeah. Because that's a two-win Arkansas team, three-win Arkansas team now because we lost. The game was poorly managed. It's not like... uh. Arkansas beat us because they were that much better of a football team. Like, clearly we were more talented. Our defense couldn't stop anything. Our offense was scoring points. Uh, But at the end of the game, when we had Graham Mertz trying to clock the ball and Mm. Billy Napier sending out the field goal unit, that was a bad look. It doesn't look like it's managed well. And we're getting into year end of year two, year three uh, for, for this offense. And I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Uh, did you watch any of that game? Honestly, no, because I just knew That's that tough. I was going to be disappointed probably again. Um, and I yeah. was more, um, I guess, in a sense, looking towards. I can't. I don't have the, I don't have the games pulled up. I'm looking at the SEC because they don't have. They didn't have the Florida score on any of the top twenty-five. Obviously, no. I, I didn't see it anywhere there either. Um. So I had to like go into their conference. That. That's how bad. Uh, Florida's doing right now where I can't look at yeah. them in the top 25 in uh, on ESPN.com and like see what the score was for the game um no I was um yeah I was more focused on the uh Alabama LSU game and um what was the other one the Oklahoma, Oklahoma whoa State. hey yeah Alabama LSU Alabama I think played its first clean game of the year yeah they when they, they put it all together yeah suddenly I think Alabama deserves more uh more room in the, in this discussion they when we're talking are about going college football to sneak playoff. They're way in the college football they are. playoff. They yeah, are. You can't escape Alabama. You can't, can't talk postseason and not talk Nick Saban at the same time. Yeah, no, it's, they're in his mind. It's just how it is. Yeah. Um. um yeah, Florida drops to Arkansas wasn't good. Uh, a two-win Arkansas team. It wasn't like we got blown out though. We lost a close game. We missed a field goal in overtime. Yeah. It, yeah, missed a field goal to go into overtime. I turned the game off and went for a walk. I didn't even watch the rest. I was if we're gonna miss that and not win the game right here, we're losing. So okay. I went for a walk. Um, Fair enough, man. Fair Florida's enough. got LSU, Missouri, and Florida State. Three ranked teams. Ooh. I don't know how deserving LSU is of of being ranked. I know they played a tough schedule, but six and three, a three loss team ranked within yeah. the top fifteen. I guess everybody else has just had a rough year. Mm. Um, but Mizzou and Florida State. 
we could lose all three. We could yeah. finish it's the year problem. five and yeah, we're finishing the year five and seven. Yeah. And people are going to try to fire Billy Napier. Um, and yeah. I don't know if I'm going to get in their way. Wow, is all I'm going to say. I don't, I don't know if I'm getting in their way. Um, the yeah. University of Georgia escaped their game against Missouri. That final score was a lot closer than what I thought it mm. was going to be. Uh, Georgia won 30 to 21. Um, it kind of looked like the story of the year for Georgia, a slow start and Missouri took advantage of opportunities and suddenly Georgia turned it on and Missouri took off uh, yeah. and essentially stopped playing is kind of yeah. what it looked like. Yeah. So, um, Washington held on late to beat USC. Yeah. And I, I guess we kind of expected Washington to win that game. I didn't expect it to be as close as it was though. Did you watch yeah. any of that one? Didn't watch any of this one, but I did see the highlights from it. Um, what is what? What's what's happening to USC, man? I mean, we thought like even like before like going into the season, uh, it's not like they had a bad game. Like Caleb Williams, for the most part, um, from what I'm looking at, and just like passing yards and uh, the game as a whole, like he had a clean game, like three twelve, yeah. three hundred twelve yards, three touchdowns, no turnovers. Um, it's just For Washington. Sure. Washington was the better team. Oh, hold on. So Caleb Williams had a fumble, two fumbles. No, 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 no. one fumble, one fumble, three fumbles. Um, no, just three fumbles, one. Okay. five fumbles. Not one, not <laughs> two, not three. Um, so <laughs> he had one fumble. Um, but other than that, other than that one turnover, like had a clean game. Like uh, the rushing game was on. Austin Jones, 127 yards, no tutties. But I mean, was getting it done. Um. Just I think Washington, it's just the story of the Washington year. Washington is the better Pac-12 team yeah. this year, and that's just how it goes. Better Pac-12 team, better offense, better defense, because USC's yeah. defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. So what does this mean for Caleb Williams, I guess, is the question I'll throw out there. Like, he's had, he, So this is what, their third straight loss? Yeah, something like that. They, I they, think so. So they've lost to Washington, Notre Dame, and then who was, who was the other team? Oh, cool. No. Kansas. Washington... They beat Cal, for what it's they worth. Cal. They and lost to Utah, Notre Dame, Kansas? almost lost to USC. They I'm beat Colorado, Canada. beat Arizona State, beat Stanford, beat Nevada, beat San Jose State. They lost Dude, to where's... Utah, Utah. Yeah. So Utah, Notre Dame, and Washington. So they haven't lost three straight, but they've lost three. Yeah. They've lost three of them. Yeah. Lost four. Yes. Okay. I don't know how much it actually because it's not like Caleb Williams is going out there and absolutely stinking it up. Like he's still, for what it's worth, kind of getting the job done. Is he doing yeah. enough to push their team over the final hump and win? No. Is Caleb Williams responsible for how well the USC defense plays any given day? No. Is he responsible for how many points get put up for the USC offense to make up for any uh mismatch any poor play that the usc mm -hmm. defense has yes yeah and they're not putting up enough points but how much can you ask of a guy that's cons right. like consistently throwing 250 yards plus yeah he has a bit of a turnover issue whether it be fumbling or, or a bad interception but how much offensive line protection is the guy actually getting because from right. what i remember when they played notre dame he was scrambling within the first i don't know two and a half seconds of every drop back yeah yeah and and I think like there are a lot of people that looked at after the game when he was in the stands crying with his yeah. family mm -hmm. and calling that undraftable 
or saying, I wouldn't want to draft somebody who does that. So like I, and that frustrated me because we do live in a world where men commit suicide at a higher rate than women and men traditionally don't show their emotion or they show their emotion in an unregulated way. I have no problem with a guy caring for his football team so much that he cries after a loss. Like, I don't think we need to be the society that bashes guys for that. I'm totally okay with him doing that. I also think humble pie is a dish best served cold. He trolled Max Duggan for doing the exact same thing. Mm. When Max Duggan was crying, talking about the TCU team last year. So, I mean, if you're going to dish it out, you got to take it. But at the same time, I don't think we as a society should be trolling anybody over that. And that just bothered me. Like, as as awesome as I think it would be for this podcast to grow and Mm -hmm. to pick up uh, rights on some type of, I don't want to call it syndicated radio program, but like if we were operating under some label, I I wouldn't want it to be a label that calls that undraftable and and has like that pushes back against Mm -hmm. guys showing emotion, even if it is unregulated at times. Who does that hurt? Nobody. You know? Who does yeah. it hurt? It, it, right. Unfortunately, unfortunately, him showing his emotion yeah. that way comes back and hurts Caleb Williams. Right. And that sucks. Uh, I hate suck. it for the guy, but I mean, I personally, I have a hard time figuring out how bad I feel about it because of how he trolled Max Duggan. Like, if somebody cheated against the Astros, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Because of how the Astros cheated. But I I do feel bad for the Dodgers. Like I feel bad for Max Duggan cheated against no justice. Right. So I, I don't know. That's just kind of how I feel about that. I, I don't like trolling the kid, but also he trolled somebody else for doing the same thing. So if you're going to dish it out, you got to be able to take it, but we shouldn't right. be doing that to start with. Um, before I get too heated, let's move on to Notre Dame. <laughs> Cause that's <laughs> healthy for everybody. <laughs> um, Notre Dame fans, I've already apologized to you where I said, I'm sorry, but I don't care. Um, actually, I, I I apologize to absolutely nobody anymore. You are the inferior team and you lost to Clemson. So I'm. we may need to institute oh, a new man. rule on this show where we are not allowed to talk about Notre Dame, where I am not allowed to talk about Notre Dame. Because we keep getting these clips. We keep posting these clips of me talking about Notre Dame, then apologizing because they go out and beat somebody that I didn't think they should have, but they are the inferior team. You got three losses. I'm I'm not hearing it anymore. You're ranked below JMU as you should be apologizing and nobody moving forward. Okay. Fair enough. You have any thoughts? No, that's uh that's uh, that's perfectly fine with me. Um <laughs> Okay. Yeah, it's just a messy game by Notre Dame, once again, uh to a Clemson team who is not good this year. Um but I mean obviously they've won however many titles i think it's three uh no three two i can't even remember uh, two they won two they've won two in these past like six years or whatever like they're not having an off year notre dame should have taken this game they didn't moving on yeah um oklahoma state you said you watched this game and they beat oklahoma and they upset them stormed the field they're gonna take on the fine from the ncaa for doing that which yeah. i still think is kind of stupid um yeah, me too. but tell me tell me what you saw in that game how did yeah. how did OU go from beating Texas to losing to Kansas and Oklahoma State? Yeah, I you know what? Um, I actually I, Kansas is a, Kansas is a good team. 
we have seen Kansas, I think, these past couple of, uh, past couple of uh, years, like, really, like, prove themselves to be, like, a top school um, football-wise. I think they're ranked 20, uh, 21st even now. So, yeah. let me pull up the – let me pull up the box score for this game because I wanted to touch on something here, but I can't. My computer is also pretty slow, so this could take a while. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I, uh, I watched some of this game kind of um, uh, back and forth with a with another one. I couldn't remember uh, exactly what it was, but yeah, close game nonetheless, twenty four to twenty seven. Um, I did want to touch, and it's still loading. Yeah, so I Thank think you. what we've yeah. seen from Oklahoma, Oklahoma in the past. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh. It's all you. You're all the me. one that watched this game. <laughs> yeah, so um, Alan, Bo- uh, Alan Bowman, their quarterback, uh, no touchdowns, but 334 passing yards. No touchdowns, no turnovers, and then um, it looks like uh, Ali Gordon, their backup, um, had one pass for an interception which is insane um yeah that's crazy but it was all it was all the rushing game for them um oh ollie gordon is their rusher okay okay um yeah so he had he had a good game other than that interception um he had a two touch uh two touchdowns on 137 yards but like i just don't understand how oklahoma doesn't take advantage of the fact that they're holding him enough on defense to where they're not getting a passing touchdown to now losing by three points um, at the end of this one. So it was interesting to me. It's yeah. kind of something that was just like, I scratched my head. I was like, that's not. It doesn't look like the traditional box score. Right. Like yeah. a traditional box score, but Hey, um, Oklahoma state, they found a way to win, even though they couldn't get anything going through the air, uh, the touchdown wise. I mean, they did get stuff going through the airs. I mean, 334 yards. It's like a pretty good amount. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was just something that stuck out to me. Yeah. Oklahoma State, not ranked last week, now ranked number 15. Oklahoma, ranked number 17 now. They dropped seven spots. So Oklahoma State ranked ahead of OU. Can't remember the last time that was true. Um, But as far as the top 25 is concerned, it doesn't look like the coaches poll or the AP top 25 has had much movement at all within the top 10. It looks mm-hmm. like Georgia still one, Michigan two, OSU three, FSU four, Washington five, Oregon six, Texas seven, Bama eight, Penn State nine, Ole Miss ten. And Ole Miss is the only team that has moved within the top ten, uh, pushing. I think it was Oklahoma. Yeah, pushing Oklahoma out mm-hmm. of the top ten and Ole Miss moving in. Yep. Louisville. Uh, pops up four spots. Oregon State pops up four spots. Utah up five. Tennessee up five. Yep. Oklahoma State, after having not been ranked, <laughs> Missouri down ten. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Uh, they're ranked behind JMU as it should be. Um, yep. And you could you could cry about um, the strength of schedule as much as you want to about Notre mm-hmm. Dame still being ranked ahead of JMU. Um, my only comeback for that is uh, how many wins do you have and why does JMU have more? Moving forward, uh, it looks like um, the top 25 schedule is coming out, or not top 25, the college football playoff committee is coming out with another ranking tomorrow on Tuesday. Yep. And what did we learn the last time that we saw one of those rankings come out last week? We learned that strength of schedule mattered more yeah, at the time you played a ranked team, mm-hmm. than uh, just just your record, and right. I I don't know what to expect this upcoming week. I don't know if we're gonna see 
um, the same order, the same structure. I mean, everybody within that that ranking won for the most part. Oklahoma had the outside shot after they lost to Kansas. Anyway, I don't expect to see Oklahoma anywhere near the top 10 in that one. Yep. I don't know how much movement we see anyway. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, um, I, th- I think it still comes down to out of the Pac-12, it's it's either Oregon or Washington. It's whoever wins the Pac-12 championship. Right. And I think the only thing that I would add on to that, I think the, um, what we might see out of this next one, we might see Washington actually bump up to four because they did play. They did play ranked uh, uh, USC and they won 52. That is true. And Florida State did uh, did win against Pittsburgh. Right, twenty-four to seven. So that's a game that they should have won. They might look at that and be like, "Wow, okay, Washington. They beat this USC team, who's normally really good, but their defense needs a little bit of work. Um, they're a pretty strong squad offensively. We might bump them up here. So I expect that to happen. And we'll probably see Ohio State stay there, and then we'll see Georgia stay there. So Ohio State, Georgia, uh, Michigan at three, and then Washington at four. Um, but also wouldn't surprise me if they overlook it and it just keep everything the same and then oklahoma is the only one that gets booted out but um yeah it wouldn't surprise me at, at the end of the year washington at four. yeah for sure because all that matters at the end of the year is that final ranking yeah because right. if you're washington you can be five as long as is necessary until you win the pac-12 championship and as long yep. as you get in after that it, it doesn't matter how long you were ranked at five ohio right. state georgia michigan florida state washington oregon texas i actually expect to see alabama and texas flip-flop here I think Alabama did enough in their game against LSU to pick up a spot. Yeah, 42 to 28. Yeah, it was a clean game, like you were saying. So, Yeah, honestly, I think Alabama may actually get hurt by the fact that Georgia is not as strong of a team as it has been in the past. At least Mm -hmm. so far, Georgia hasn't proven that they are as strong of a team as they have been in the past. Because previously, I think we would see something like uh, Georgia at one, Ohio State or Michigan at two, whoever wins the Big Ten championship and whoever wins the battle between those two. Uh, And then we would see the winner of the Pac-12, probably Washington or Oregon. Yeah. Who knows if Florida State stays there? But I think Alabama, or if Alabama makes it, they're sneaking in to the four spot, right? Yeah, probably. Alabama is not a one, two, or three. Alabama sneaking into the four spot Actually, that I, yeah, actually, Georgia being a weaker team may help Alabama because previously we'd see Georgia at one, and nobody would want to put Alabama at four because it would be a repeat of the SEC championship, and we'd see them yeah. playing each other again within two weeks. Yeah. Georgia being a weaker team may help Alabama's case because all of a sudden you, you may have Georgia at two and Alabama at four, and they wouldn't play each other. Yeah it almost makes sense to rank them that way instead of being plainly obvious about avoiding that game. So Peyton, they're going to do it. Do you, do you really think they're going to do it? Do you think Alabama sneaks in if they went out and beat Georgia in the sec title? Yeah. I mean, I don't see why I don't see why not. And like, if they, if they went out and like, don't have another loss coming up to this point, then they're going to, and I just got to accept the fact that <laughs> Alabama will be in there once again. So mm-hmm. it's okay. Yeah, moving I'm on. To, I'm just here to see some good football. That's it. Moving on. <laughs> um, we got one story left to cover in college football. This has yep. been basically 30 minutes of college football already, and it's been awesome. Yeah, The NCAA is joining Central Michigan in its investigation into the sideline staffer that looks like Stallions, who was wearing uh, 
Central Michigan apparel on the sideline, like a traditional coach would wear on the sideline, who's wearing a hat and glasses at a night game, and a blue light is clearly visible on the glasses. Peyton, what does a blue light on sunglasses generally mean? Red flag. Yeah, red flag. Why? Like, I don't, I, I don't understand the blue light. That's the only thing that I don't understand. So I think a blue light, like, didn't Snapchat come out with a pair of glasses a couple years ago? Oh, yeah. That oh, recorded. Gosh, recording. Oh, through the sunglasses. Oh, gosh. <laughs> now, no Barstool is doing extensive reporting on this, far more reporting than you're seeing anywhere else, <laughs> and they're, they're all over it. They have been all over this thing from the beginning. If you have questions or want to know what the heck's going on, I suggest you go check out Barstool and watch that because yeah. uh, or, or figure out what they're talking about. Because it looks like the initial leak came from Ryan Day's family now over there at Ohio State. Wow. It also looks like this staffer um, was on the Central Michigan sideline and was recording the entire sideline. So just something to keep your eye on. Yeah, I got something to keep your Snapchat recording glasses on if you're stallions. So, yeah, um, <laughs> moving on to the NFL. Let's do it. How about that? The Jags managed to not lose the bye week. We did not lose a single person. Nobody Let's got go. hurt. It's been awesome. Um, yeah, I was, I was actually, funny enough, I was actually thinking about putting that in the run sheet uh, before we even started. I was just like, yeah, nah, I don't think we'll talk about it. And then I saw it, I was like, that's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we did One- lose. <laughs> Look at us. 1-0 oh against the bye week. Uh, yeah. It's a record. We uh, did a great job. No one got hurt. Uh, yeah. No one arrested. No one lost, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can't say that about every NFL team, though. Right. Um, one storyline that has piqued my interest, though, over the past couple of weeks is yeah. the Giants are the Pee Wee football team. They're not awesome at football. They clearly have a dilemma at quarterback. It looks like Tyrod Taylor may be the better quarterback for the system that they have. Daniel Jones doesn't look like he's the guy, but they pay Daniel Jones a ton of money. Over the weekend, we saw Daniel Jones at the helm tears ACL, which, by the way, is a ligament that I don't think does anything good for the body and is only there to tear in (laughs) athletes. Yeah, (laughs) it's hilarious. Because you never hear about somebody tearing their ACL doing janitorial work. You never hear a teacher going out with an ACL for the year. It's always the athlete that makes a lot of money. Or or sometimes, if your name is Nick Dockweiler, it's the athlete that doesn't make a lot of money that tears the ACL. So, wow. It's it's a ligament there that that doesn't do anything good except tear and ruin people's sports careers. However. Does this force the Giants to explore other quarterback options in a way that they previously would not have been able to? Yo, yeah. Uh, well, first off, um, I really hope that we still keep our, our partnership with uh, uh, What's Up Doc. After oh, that we will. He, yeah. Uh, and hopefully he will listen to this part of the episode. Uh, <laughs> no, for sure. Uh, they definitely have some uh, digging to go through. I mean, like, Honestly, Tyrod Taylor, I mean, if it was, like, maybe years ago, like, when he was on the Bills, like, maybe that's when, like, I would probably be excited about Tyrod Taylor and the helm. Uh, I actually have a Giants fan, um, uh, a, a friend who is a Giants fan, and um, I saw that thing, I saw the news uh, pop up, I think it was uh, this morning, that Danny Jones is out for the rest of the year. Screenshot it, sent it his way, and I was like, hey, wellness check, how we doing? <laughs> and he was like, update. <laughs> So I'll, I'll read what he said. Um, I've got to pull it up here. Uh, he said, um, currently in shambles, um, he'll be back in 30 years when the Giants are hopefully relevant again. 
<laughs> oof. Oof. Yeah. That's so, tough. Giants fans, we feel for you. Um, but, yeah, definitely got to look for a new quarterback in that regard because I don't even know who their third string is. He was out there for a considerable – or not a considerable, for a short amount of time when Tyra Taylor got hurt that, that one game. Mm. And he was out for a little bit. But, yeah, there's definitely yeah. needs to be some speculation uh, there. He uh, He's out for a year. He's not coming back to play football for a year. And yeah. even at that – like. He comes back, sure, in a year. Suddenly, he's coming back at the back end of year two of this three-year deal that he signed. Mm-hmm. And you suddenly have had, I don't know, a full year's worth of practices, a full offseason, um, and the first half of an NFL regular season to try out and figure out who your guy is. Yeah. Because if Daniel Jones comes back and the Giants still don't have a guy, then you can put up with, we only have one more season of this. And we can cut him whatever. If you do find your guy, I think it's much easier to look at the end of year two of Daniel Jones' contract and eat up that final year and a half of contract loss than it would be to eat it up right now. So while it's awful that he tore his ACL, this may be helpful for the New York Giants. Mm. Because they're gonna, they're being forced into finding another quarterback, and they have the built-in excuse of, "Well, he's out for the season; he's not coming back for another year." Yeah, so it 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 may be helpful. Um, You put on the run sheet. Is that the worst investment of all time? Yeah, I did. And your answer to that? Yeah. (laughs) Why do you? Why do you? (laughs) For it's an a, obvious yes apparently yes for a mediocre quarterback who hasn't really proven himself up to this point why would you throw 160 million for four years his way like 40 million dollars a year maybe not all of it guaranteed um yeah you can fact check me on that i was looking at it earlier yeah i'm looking up his contract stats i thought it was only a three-year deal up to that point no, uh, no it was a four-year deal yeah so, Thanks, so I disregard you, everything I said. I don't know why you lock him up for four years when he hasn't really proven anything yet, and you think that he's your guy from the University of Duke, um, and it's all going to waste, and you're not going to have him for a year, and you're still paying him this, this amount of, of, of money. Like, it blows my mind. <laughs> yeah, and like, it's, even my it's Giants not a good fan, look. Even my friend who's a Giants fan, I've gone to him and been like, yo, what are y'all thinking? Like, why are you paying oh my this gosh. so much money? And he's like, I don't know why we're paying him this much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, uh, what the are Giants you front-loaded, The Giants front-loaded Daniel Jones' contract, so if they release him ahead of the 2025 season, they would only have a dead cap figure of $22.2 million. Which, sure, you're blowing this money, but <laughs> the yeah. good thing on the back end of this deal is you're not losing as much as you could. Yeah. And dead weight money. So Man, maybe that's so, helpful. Okay. If if they don't see any like uh production out of Daniel Jones, does he get released before twenty twenty five? Was that the last time we saw Daniel Jones on a football field? No. You, feel like you don't gonna, think so? He's gonna have a backup job, but like Okay. Yeah. All right. I guess I guess you're I I'm much more pessimistic in, in my general view. Than, than you yeah. are because i would i would almost say that yes it, it is the last time we see daniel jones on a football field i don't think of an nfl team out there other than the vikings other 
hold on now. <laughs> the Vikings may be looking at Daniel Jones to replace Kirk Cousins next year if Kirk Cousins does indeed retire. All of a sudden, I think that Daniel Jones is Kirk Cousins 2.0. Moving forward, though, because I don't want to get bogged down in that too far. Yeah, um, that's that's got to be a clip at some point. <laughs> <laughs> the Eagles, the Eagles beat the Cowboys. Yep. <laughs> and we got, I got, we got a text this morning that said, "I know you're going to clown the Cowboys, but hear me out, dude. I think you're right." I think the Cowboys did play a good game for what it's worth. It was but one of more than what one it's of more worth. Clean games, other than playing the Pee Wee football team. That is the uh, yeah, the yeah. But for what it's worth, I <laughs> I don't think you're good enough to beat teams, even when you play your cleanest football game. Yeah, that's oh, the man. Eagles not clicking on all cylinders. You yeah. can't then expect to beat the Eagles when they are clicking on all cylinders. With we saw what Jaylen happened. Hurts. As well. Right. We saw what happened against the 49ers. It didn't look good. We saw what happened against the Cardinals. It again didn't look didn't good. Didn't look good. Yeah. yeah you yeah, lost yeah. to the Eagles. It's not looking great. Nope. This is Dak's last year. You guys are rolling with Trey Lance in the future, apparently, because I, I don't. You have to go beat Washington. And the back end of the NFC is, is not looking great for the playoffs at, yeah. at least the playoff picture like dallas as it stands right now i think stands at six or seven seed and the back end of that playoff picture in the nfc isn't awesome so if you guys miss the playoffs you're never going to hear the end of it from me um once again it's not a logo it's a rating i'm trying to get a t-shirt that says that or a hoodie that says that trying to get a cowboy hat trying to get a cigar like a, a box of cigars so that I can start shows on football first Mondays after the Cowboys lose like Stephen A. Wood. Uh, and, and I'm apologizing to absolutely nobody. Fair enough. Yeah. It's not a logo. It's a rating forever. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> um, <laughs> is, is CJ Stroud him? Where he did that him. performance come from? Dude. Yeah. Golly. Now we've, we've gone it. down this road before. We've gone down this road before, especially on this show when it came to Colorado, where we saw a couple good oh, performances man. and jumped on the bandwagon. And we were like, yeah, they're it. They're going to the college football playoffs. Suddenly we're talking about Travis Hunter and yeah. the Heisman trophy. Okay. We're not going to do that. We're not blowing this out of proportion, but, but I think this is different in a sense. <laughs> CJ Stroud. <laughs> I thought this Lit was a up. dead division for the Jags to win for yeah. seasons to come. CJ Stroud is the only reason that I don't think we have the division locked up for the next three years. <laughs> yeah. I had a friend text me. It's like, are we literally watching a CJ Stroud masterclass right now? He made the Buccaneers look foolish on yeah. the offensive side of the ball. CJ Stroud had 470 yards, five touchdowns, no NFL turnovers, rookie NFL rookie record, no turnovers, and a game-winning drive. Have a day, yo. Like I know, I so that's he, ridiculous. No, no, he's he, a rookie. Like the like, he's got fourteen touchdowns on the season with one interception. He's looking really good. Um, these past couple of games, he torched our Jags in uh, early the, earlier this season. Yeah, in um, Everbank. Yeah, C.J. Stroud is a problem, and we're and... seeing it unfold. <laughs> This is the guy that we said, no way he's picked as high as he was because he didn't do well on the IQ testing. Turns out the kid knows football and can yep. play football and understands how the game works. I think yep. that Texas made a great decision here. Like, yep. obviously, hindsight being twenty twenty, I'm willing to say that. I still wouldn't have picked him at number two overall like the Texans did. Right. But he had a passer rating of 147.8. Yeah. 
stupid number. Stupid number. I, I don't understand what goes into passer rating. I don't know how we calculate that. I do know if we're in the triple digits, especially past 120, that's yeah. a great game. That's and a he's a rookie game. who did right. that against a professional defense. Right. Yeah. Good defense nonetheless. And you had a, you had a question that you wanted to pose here about the Panthers and what they were yeah. trying to do this offseason. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, question for you. Real, real easy, real simple. Did the Panthers miss? Did they make a mistake drive, drafting Bryce Young? I'll just look at it through what happened this week and what's been happening, I think, for the uh, for this whole entire season. Um, Stroud had five touchdowns, no turnovers. Bryce Young had a touchdown and three turnovers, three interceptions. He has eight, he yeah. has eight touchdowns, seven interceptions in the year. Yeah. Tail I, of the I tape. guess. Yeah. Tail of the Man. Both CJ very Stroud's talented looking quarterbacks, good. very young, talented quarterbacks. CJ Stroud is a little bit higher on the board than Bryce Young. So yeah. yes, I think that I think the Panthers did miss. If if they went the CJ Stroud route, um, man, I'm not sure what the Panthers' scheme looks like offensively and what they have at the quarterback helm. Um, because obviously, yeah, I haven't you, watched you, a single game. No, I, haven't I don't. Either. Yeah. So, um, also, we'll <laughs> CJ Stroud has more passing touchdowns in his NFL career than Kenny Pickett. Does that say more about Kenny Pickett or Matt Canada? <laughs> George think, Pickens I had think, two receptions for negative one yards. I think Got that's one point nine fantasy points. I'm over it. I think that's I think that's a question for our residents, uh, our resident uh, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers uh, fans, and uh, the okay. What's Up Doc uh, podcast. Um, I'll reach out to them. We'll see if we can yeah. get them on the show just to talk about that because I think that's a great conversation to have. Uh, yeah, uh, why great. don't we just open up whatever segment we do with them with uh, John Michael? Uh, Dan, I just wanted to know, is CJ Stroud being a better quarterback than Kenny Pickett so far more indicative of, of Kenny Pickett's talent or Matt Canada's inability to run an offense? Mm. Go. Yeah. And then they could just combust into tears. Yeah. They (laughs) uh, they could just start crying. They and and that's great. We encourage that. We, we love growth. We love regulated emotion yeah showing i guess i don't know exactly how to say that but sure um yeah i think we could counsel them through that that would be good um the raiders are horrendous and they, they managed to win they i did. don't think josh daniels coach or josh mcdaniels coaches again i don't think so either yeah, yeah. um no they look good uh even with um even with o'connell i think his name is right o'connell aiden o'connell yeah uh at the helm and what is what is that going to show, right? I mean, you you get rid of McDaniel's, you get rid of your GM, you bench Jimmy Garoppolo, and all of a sudden you you're get rid games. of Derek Carr. You get rid of Derek Carr, get rid of Garoppolo, and now and now you win. You win games. You're winning games. Uh, right? Yeah, just not a good look for how that was managed. I no. I think it's also like Max Crosby decided if we're going to win, it's because I go out there and play every snap and give it my all, and he did. He didn't yep. take a single snap off. Every defensive snap he played. And if there's a guy that, like, I don't want to play against because the Jags have played against him and he was a problem then, it's Max Crosby. I, I don't like seeing him on the opposite side of the ball. Right. Yeah. Um, Dobbs is going to start Sunday. Yeah, Obviously going to keep, gonna keep hand, the train man. rolling there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we already talked about it where the offensive coordinator was kind of mapping out what the play would look like for him. Aerospace yeah. engineer brain puts it together. They start putting drives together. They... I think there was a two point conversion in there that 
they had run in practice that he remembered that he was comfortable with or something. Yeah. With. I, I don't know, but to him, obviously to him, it, to him, it is rocket science and he's <laughs> yeah getting it done. <laughs> yeah. He got it done. So, uh, there, I'm not willing to say the Vikings are in good hands, but it may be better than what we thought it was going to look like. Yeah, for sure. I, there may be an outside shot for them. If Justin Jefferson comes back healthy, when yeah. he's scheduled to and Josh Dobbs is still doing Josh Dobbs stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, I, I guess it's time to move into a baseball conversation. Um, obviously yeah. our baseball segments are going to be a little shorter uh, up until like the big breaking news drops or whatever, but plenty yeah, of like, movement already. The hot stove is hot stoving. We got lots to cover, lots to talk about again. On the move. Managers on the move. We got players declining options, picking up options, clubs declining options, picking up options. If you don't know what that is, we're getting ready to explain it to you, let you know yep. kind of what's going on. We're going to cover our, uh, my Red Sox wish list, what I hope they do this offseason. Yeah. Uh, as well as reasonable and unreasonable expectations uh, regarding that. Yeah. Um, Let's get it. Yeah. Stephen Vogt. Let's start with the manager. Stephen Vogt is going to be the manager for the Guardians moving forward, uh, yeah. replacing. Uh, Tito over there, and I think I think this is a great move. I think I so love too. Stephen yeah. Vogt as a player. I think he handled the pitching staff well. He was yeah. always a guy that you could count on to go give it his all when he when when he penciled his name in, even yeah. if he didn't. It seemed like he was always engaged in the game. I think this is a great move by the Guardians. Tough to follow up Tito, but if yeah. you had to pick For a guy, sure. like if you were picking a guy who had never managed before to follow up Tito, I think he made the right decision. Yeah, no, Stephen Stephen Vogt. He's got a he's got a mind for baseball. <laughs> I mean, the catcher, obviously, he's got to have an IQ level of that. Um, and I think it's going to transfer over to his managerial role. Um, I'm really excited to see how he flourishes in this. I mean, he's got a, he's got a couple of guys, too, that we'll talk about in the Gold, Glo- in our gold Glove winners. Um, but, man, I'm excited for him. I'm excited for him to get, uh, to get that time. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know exactly what to expect from the Guardians this offseason. Mm. Uh, but yeah. I do know that whatever team it is, they're going to fight because Steven Vogt is their manager. Yeah. Uh, other manager on the move, we knew that Craig Council was always going to be leaving the Milwaukee Brewers at the end of this season. Yep. Uh, but we ultimately saw him uh, replace David Ross today. So David Ross yes. got the boot over there in Chicago, and Craig Council is moving in. He's not leaving the NL Central. He He's not. staying right there. Uh, just moving, I guess, towards the other side of that Great Lake uh, into Chicago, going to manage the Cubs. Yeah. Uh, gosh, we got to go figure out. I, I need to go figure out real quick here what yeah. happened to Marcus Stroman because I know he opted out, um, which is a great okay. move by him on yeah. his part. Um, but starting pitching, they retain Kyle Hendricks. Um, I, I, they are losing Cody Bellinger, oh, allegedly wow. so far, yeah. because he opted out as well um but it's going to be interesting to see what the cubs are are putting together because they put they did put together kind of this small little nucleus of a team that over the course of the season all of a sudden they're still in it then they made a playoff push didn't really work out for him but Mm -hmm. i I don't think greg council is a bad manager i think he's a very good manager that was always understaffed in talent over in milwaukee yeah i agree i agree with that yeah, so yeah. Um, I, I think oh. the most talented player he's ever coached is Christian Yelich, and Christian Yelich struggled for three, four years. Yeah, it was like one straight cold streak for three or four years. Yeah, man, it was it was, it was tough to watch because oh. I mean we saw him like really flourish in uh, in the on the Brewers, and I mean we saw him, we saw him even like flourish in on the Marlins even, and like which just 
Marlins just blew it up and sold and was like, yeah, oh, we're sellers. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, Craig Council, I think it's a good move by the Cubs. I mean, I don't think it's great to be moving on from David Ross. I think David Ross did exactly what was asked of him, did a great job with what he was given. Yeah. And I'm sure we will see David Ross managing again sometime in the future. I don't know if it's with the Cubs or with another team. Maybe it's with the Sox when Alex Cora leaves, but um, sure. yeah. Craig Council, I think, is always a great move. Yep. Um, the Yankees are losing their bench coach, uh, Carlos Mendoza. He is leaving to go be the manager of the Mets. Man, the Mets are just an enigma. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know what to make of them. They yeah. sold it. They sold it all. We're not expecting, at least I'm not, Peyton, you're not expecting Pete Alonso to stick around this right. offseason. Um, not that he's a free agent, but I think we do see them trade Pete Alonso. That's a big contract that they'd be eating up in this little miniature rebuilding year. Um, I, I, I'm in wait and see mode on this move. Yeah, I don't know a ton about Carlos Mendoza. Uh, Obviously, if you're a bench coach and you're transitioning into being a manager, we've seen Tori Lovello do that. Bench coach for the Sox forever. Moved into the managerial role over there in Arizona. Yeah, we saw we saw Rob Thomas as well uh, being the bench coach for the Yankees, moving on to uh, go uh, be the manager for the um, manager for the Phillies. So, like Yankees bench bench coaches, what's going on there? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) there may be something in the water in new york (laughs) and it's (laughs) for sure yeah yeah Yeah, could be not healthy um but we'll see i'm in wait and see mode about this move um just because i don't know a ton about them i don't know what the mets roster is going to look like come opening day i don't think the mets know what their opening roster or opening day roster looks like okay Mm -hmm. i think the mets themselves are still trying to figure out how to recover from going all in achieving nothing and then rebuilding something so we'll see um, Mark Canna, we saw him traded. Yep. Uh, first baseman, outfielder, right-handed power bat. Uh, he's moving last season. He was with the Mets, got traded to Milwaukee. Um, this offseason, he was traded from Milwaukee to Detroit. Now, the thing that sucks for him is the Brewers were always going to decline the club option to make Mark Canna a free agent. However, Detroit called and said, we will give you uh, X piece in exchange for Mark Canna. The Brewers uh-huh. see the value in that. They take that deal. Detroit picks up the club option. So Mark Canna is going to be making $11.5 million for Detroit this offseason. Wow. I don't know what's there for Detroit. Yeah, obviously Mark Canna is a great guy. He's an offensive piece. But I still think Detroit is years away from making a legitimate playoff push. Yeah. Years, that roster years, needs years. a lot of time to grow. Um, obviously, Torkelson. Um, yeah. oh gosh, they had that sinker baller come out of Auburn, Casey Mize. Um, yeah, Mize, Mize. Alex no, Fiedo. He, he, he wasn't from Auburn, was he? Was he? Yeah, Casey Mize was from Auburn. I'm pretty right. certain about that. Uh, you can fact check me. Yeah, pretty I'll sure I'm right. Yeah, I think I think um, so. I think you're right. Like I, I, I know what I'm talking about when it comes to roster configuration of baseball. I know where guys come from. I guess for the Auburn um, Tigers. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I'll leave you alone. But uh. Yeah, we've already seen uh, that. For those of you at home, I don't know where else you would be. But if you don't know what a club option is, a club option is essentially an extra year uh, extension built into a contract of any given player that the player agrees to, that the club agrees to when that contract is initially signed. That gives the club the option to pick up that player's contract for another year for a given amount or to decline 
that option and make the player a free agent. So if I signed Peyton to a five-year contract uh, with a club option, that means that fifth or sixth year, depending on the wording of the contract, would be the club's decision on whether or not to keep him. Keep. Yep. Now you can also have a player option um, where the player gets to decide, yes, I want to pick up that year. No, I don't want to pick up that year. Yep. And that's kind of a, a built-in bonus for a player who's really good uh, that you want on your team because they typically get what they want when they're talking about player options. You can also have player and club options where both teams have to agree uh, or, or both sides of the contract have to agree on what that decision is for it to take effect. Um, Tim Anderson club option was yep. a part of his deal when he signed with the White Sox so many years ago, um, or when he signed this extension with the White Sox so many years ago, yeah. uh, declined by the White Sox. He is now a free agent. Mm -hmm. So a shortstop is on the market, uh, a major league shortstop. It's not like you're going to pick up Tim Anderson and wait to see a couple of years to see if he's going to be a good player. No, Tim Anderson is in win now mode. It's, yep. it's his window. Right. Uh, to go play meaningful baseball, go win meaningful baseball games. Uh, but uh, I'm using on Twitter, there is a, a Twitter account. I think that's called Fair Value Baseball. I'm going to go look for it right now. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, but essentially, yeah, Baseball Trade Values is the name of the account. And what they do is they evaluate a player's given performance uh, and and plug it into their machine that tells yep. you how much money that player is worth or what a fair value of that player is. Tim Anderson, a fair value for one year of Tim Anderson playing on your team is $5.4 million. Wow. Tim Anderson, if the White Sox picked up his club option for this year, yeah. Tim Anderson would have made $14 million playing for the White Sox. So the White Sox are essentially saving money here by cutting ties with Anderson. Yep, same and Tim Anderson is losing out because instead of getting that $14 million, he had a bad enough year where they said, we're going to go ahead, decline this player option. We're not paying you 14 mil. Um, he's a free agent. Does anybody call Tim Anderson and offer anything north of $8 million for yeah, one year? I don't think so. I mean, just what, yeah. you, what you're saying, like if you want a, want a fair value, if you just want to lock him up for a year, you just want somebody either to be as a, be there as a mentor role or just to be there to kind of just provide some offense and some defense. Uh, Cause he's a good, he's a great defensive player. Um, I don't see, yeah, I don't see it going anywhere above 8 million. Um, I'll be surprised if it does. Um, because as you said, he had a, he had a bad enough year uh, this year that he, they were like, you know what, we're not going to pay you the 14 million that we thought we were going to be able to pay you because you were poverty this season. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I'll be surprised if it goes up $8 million, but uh, yeah, I don't see it going up that high, though. Yeah, um, the Rangers have declined to pick up the... Qual or, yeah, the Rangers have decided not to extend a qualifying offer to Mitch Garver worth $20.325 million. Uh, fair wow. value of Mitch Garver's services for one year is $12.7 million, so the Rangers do save the money. It justifies their decision sure. to not extend that. Now, obviously, we're talking about the business side of baseball right yeah. now. We're not talking yeah. about the relational side of baseball. Huge loss for the Mets, losing a guy like Mitch Garver, who contributed as much as he did, especially during the World Series. You said Mets. I'm, uh, huge loss for the Rangers. Yeah. Is what I meant. The Mets should go nowhere near Mitch Garber. Anyway, <laughs> um, huge loss for the Rangers. Yeah. However, just, just as far as money is concerned, yeah, as far as money is concerned, like uh, uh, that's the business decision that you have to make, and it sucks. Yeah. Um, 
Josh Bell exercises his player option. He gets to stay in Miami. Um, his his player option picked up an extra $16.5 million. So that's what he's going to be making this year to play first base and DH for the Miami Marlins. One year of Josh Bell's services based on his numbers and performance is 7.9. So the Marlins are losing out here. Yeah, and They're not yeah. losing out because they're getting a great player. Obviously, that's the relational side. But as far as value is concerned, they're overpaying a hefty amount for Josh yeah, Bell. For sure. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, the Cubs, they're keeping Kyle Hendricks uh, for 16.5. And that's a great deal for them because Kyle Hendricks is valued at 18.5 right now. Mm-hmm. Like they're underpaying Kyle Hendricks and they're still getting the the general all-star performance Kyle Hendricks that we've seen uh, the past couple of years. Uh, Sean Manaya opts out of his uh, contract with the Giants and he is now a free agent. Now, Sean Manaya is an interesting case because yep. his player option for this upcoming season is essentially valued perfectly for his player performance. So it's iffy as to what, like, why would you if you're definitely worth what you're going to be paid? Except yeah. for, I think Sean Manai is an actual gamer and wants to go out there and win. Sure. Yeah. So he's probably moving on for the Giants, especially with the turnover and coaches there, to yeah. go try to find uh, a team that he can compete with uh, and win with. Now, let's move into my Red Sox wish list. I'm going to start with a reasonable request. I think Sean Manaya might be a good addition in Boston. Okay. The reason I say that is because we need starting pitching depth. I don't know how much of that Sean Manaya provides. He's a lefty, we also right? need to rebuild the bullpen. Yeah. Lefty. Need to rebuild the bullpen. You're telling me right now that a guy like Sean Manaya wouldn't benefit from being in the same rotation as Chris Sale? I think he would. Yeah. Yeah. But, but so I, we say the same when Nick Pavetta was in the rotation. Well, no, Nick Pavetta's a righty. I don't know how much Chris Sale can teach Nick Pavetta. That's true. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, I think it's it's almost perfectly reasonable to say Sean Manaya could wind up in Boston, whether it be a bullpen role that he was with uh, yeah. in San Francisco towards the end of that year, or it's a starting role that he was with uh, San Diego. Um, I, I think that's something to keep an eye on, something that I'm interested in. Yeah. Yamamoto is being posted by the Oryx Buffaloes over in Japan uh, to come over to Major League Baseball, and that's the first step. Um, they're moving towards it. I think they filed papers or whatever, but they're going to post an amount that it's going to take to ca- talk to him pretty soon, and it's going to wow. be hefty. Some, some club is going to be willing to go out there and do it. Um, if I'm being unreasonable, which I am for the sake of the segment Unreasonable right take, yeah. <laughs> Unreasonable take. I think the Red Sox lose the offseason if they don't pick up Yamamoto or Otani. Okay. Otani has already been linked to Boston. I've already read an article that said Boston is in on Otani, essentially, and they're going to be considered to be like a a big player at the table. Like they're going to be. This is all talk. Right. (laughs) But Craig Breslow needs to start working right now. (laughs) And if he hasn't, I. I need to understand why he's not, because I, I think I think Otani and Boston is something that could actually happen. But if I'm being unreasonable, uh, it's it's saying that the Red Sox will lose the offseason if they don't get it. OK, now my reasonable wish list is still hefty. Yeah. Bullpen Looking depth. At it right now. You have to rebuild it. Yeah. Uh, I need a right handed power bat. 
ideally it would have been Mark Canna. Uh, Justin Turner turned down his player option, so he's a free agent now. I'm a free agent. I wish I had Justin Turner to rely on this upcoming season, but I don't. What if Craig Breslow got on the phone right now with the Angels and said, uh, X minor leaguer for Hunter Renfro. Bring him back. Bring, Bring him back, back Hunter, Hunter Renfro. Renfro. Yeah. yeah. But not even that. Like, I, that's just something he could do. He could, Craig Breslow could wow me and go get another power right-handed bat, but I need to see the power right-handed bat. Yeah. Because we have Yoshida. We have Devers. Uh, Turner's obviously a big miss for the lineup. Duran is coming back. He's going to be healthy. That's another left-handed bat. Yep. I'm not seeing the power coming from the right-handed side. Sure. Yeah. Duvall, I think, was signed on a one-year deal. He's not coming back. Like, we're, we're already losing two right-handed bats out of the lineup. So, need Bro, to see it. Duvall was doing so well at the beginning of the season, then he broke his wrist, and it was so I painful. Know, that was, yeah. Okay. Um, last item on this list is I need an A-list starter. Or two B-list starters, because starting pitching death is ultimately what lost us the season. Yeah. Um, now, I think it's perfectly reasonable to say, go get Blake Snell. Okay. Left-handed free agent Blake Snell, who just put up the year that he had. Um, Chris Sale, Blake Snell, Tanner Houck, um, Pavetta, I don't know if he stays in the rotation. Garrett Whitlock, if he's going to be a rotation guy. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden, you're talking about a Boston pitching rotation that could win yeah but how how much can you rely on chris sale how much can to be healthy i think that's i think that's ultimately what it comes down to because he really 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 needs to uh be good. stay healthy <laughs> and stay healthy and and be good both of those would be those amazing would be great. but he uh yeah the past couple of years, this is the last year of his contract too, and there is no player or club option at the mm. end of it. So Chris Sale is a free agent after this upcoming season. Hey, I'm a free agent. <laughs> you keep quoting Pedro Martinez. Pedro Martinez, yeah, yeah. And I and don't feel did, great about that because he left after that, didn't he? <laughs> right. Okay, so yeah. stop oh, saying that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll say that again. <laughs> um, but but if you're Craig Breslow, are you contacting Chris Sale and being like? <laughs> Let's start talking about an extension. I thought you, I thought you were saying, if you're Craig Breslow, are you, are you going to reach out to Pedro Martinez? I thought that's where you were going. I was like, <laughs> if Pedro can give me 20 plus starts in a year of sub four ERA baseball, you need to be reaching out to him. <laughs> no, but <it's>, <laughs> that's to, what I need. That's to, to go back to what you were saying, um, yeah, lock him up. I think until the end of his to the end of his career. Uh, I don't even know how old he is now. I think he's. I believe he's. Uh, I believe he's in his thirties. Yeah, yeah, he is. Sorry. Don't know how old he is, but I, I know that I, I want to see the guy finish his career. Like, if there is a sentimental player left in Boston, it would be Chris Sale. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that guy was Christian Vasquez, but then he got traded. Yeah, and that guy now is Chris Sale, but. If I have to sacrifice Chris Sale to get Otani, Peyton, just think about the possibilities. If you add Otani to the lineup and he's DHing, uh, you make whatever sacrifice you have to to put Rafael Devers at third base. Fine. We're going to get subpar defense while he's over there. Yeah. But Otani's in the lineup. Also, Otani in two years is pitching and it makes up for the Chris Sale deficit if he's not still with the team. Sure. Yeah. Getting, I'm getting way too excited yeah, and way ahead of yeah, myself yeah. thinking about Otani in a Boston Red Sox uniform. You yeah, think did. that, okay, like I want to get a Devers jersey anyway. I'm shocked that I don't own one yet. Yeah. 
But if Otani signs in Boston, are you kidding? Like every, every Boston franchise that I've started in MLB the show, I make sure I get Otani when he is up for free agency. Stop saying that. You're just making me believe it more. I desperately need to see Otani in Boston. Whether that means he's meeting with the GM, like if we can just get the picture of him meeting with the GM anywhere around Fenway Park, not wearing Angels gear, that's a win. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> All right, okay, I need to see on, it. Moving, on, moving, on. <laughs> <laughs> moving forward, um, Gold Glove winners. This is something that you wanted to talk about. We yeah. uh, are seeing the annual awards kind of get passed out um, at this point in the year. I think coming up next, we got Cy Young and MVP somewhere in there. Still got to figure out who those are. But yeah. the Gold Glove awards have been passed out. And like always, there's always that, that shocker that's in there. Like, I didn't know he had as great of a year as he allegedly had. So right. do you have it pulled up in front of you? I do. Okay, are we looking at American League or National League right now? So I'm looking at the American League right now. You want me to go down? All the right, list? get uh here. Give me the outfield first. Who won the outfield? So the outfield. So we got starting in left field. We got Stephen Kwan from uh, the Cleveland uh, Guardians. Yeah, that fits. He put led together the, a really good yeah, year. Yeah, led the MLB left fielders in defensive runs saved. Outs uh, above average nine. Um, yeah, did a great job. Uh, and then in center field, we got uh, Blue Jays, Kevin Kiermeyer. That fits. Now, he's a guy to watch. He is a free agent, and I am scared he winds up in New York with New York's need for a left-handed mm. bat and an outfielder they can pencil in every day. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Kiermeyer is a very good-looking man, and I think <laughs> he loses something by shaving every day. By shaving the beard, yeah. But I think he would be willing to forego the appeal it adds if it means playing for a winning franchise in New York. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, that's his fourth career gold glove, his first since 2019. And he led the led among uh, the center fielders in 18 defensive runs saved and 13 outs above average. Yeah. Who we got in right field? Right field, we got the legend grows, Adolis Garcia from the Texas Rangers. Interesting. I didn't know he was that good of a defensive player. I didn't watch much of him this year. Mm-hmm. He has uh, his first gold glove. Uh, is the fourth uh, by an outfielder in Rangers history. Um, thanks to his cannon of an arm, um, average of 93 miles per hour, which led to, uh, to 11 assists out there in right field. Shoot, get him on the mound in Boston. Right, that's what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> who do you want to hear from next? Who's at third? Uh, who's at third? Third base. Uh, so we got Matt Chapman from the Blue Jays. Fitz. No, who's on first? That's crazy. Okay. Uh, Nathaniel. <laughs> no, Matt Chapman makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nathaniel Lowe from the Rangers is who won uh, from uh, first base. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Who shortstop? Shortstop. We got Anthony Volpe, rookie. Wow. Interesting. I didn't. That's one that shocks me. I would have said that I, there's yeah, a better too. shortstop in the American League. Yeah. Me too. But, but I mean, if the stats are there, then the stats are there. I can't really argue with it. Yeah, he's the second, second? Rookie, second rookie shortstop to win the Gold Glove Award, joining uh, Jeremy Pena last year. Um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, for catcher, we got uh, Jonah Heim from the Rangers. A lot of Rangers. Yeah, so that's, yeah. a, that's the third Ranger that we've fits. seen. Well, I mean, obviously, if you're going to win the World Series, you need to be able to play some defense. So it makes Ooh, sense. They're all winning yeah, Gold Gloves. Who won second base? Sure. You didn't say anything about that. Oh, yeah. Um, Andres Jimenez from the Cleveland Guardians. Okay. How about hey. uh, starting pitcher? Who won starting for pitcher, the American League? Jose Barrios. So that's the second Blue Jays, I think, Blue Jays player we've seen. Two Guardians no. players. Yeah. 
And yeah, so Blue Jays, Guardians, and Rangers. And then the, the utility sense. utility uh, gold uh, gold glove winner was Mauricio Dubon from the Astros. Oh yeah, yeah, he did put on a show during the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, second base or in center field, he was really uh, putting on a show. Yeah. So that's the American League. Let's go over to the National League outfield. Let's start there in left field. Let's start there. Left field, we got Ian Happ from the Cubs. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I, I would have thought there was a better outfielder, but if Ian Happ's winning it, I don't like I'm not totally shocked. Yeah. How about center? We got uh Brenton Doyle from the Rockies. Never even I don't know who him. that is. Never even heard of him. Yeah. He's a rookie outfielder. Hey, we're who, sorry, dude. If you want to come sorry. on the show, more than by all means, please do come educate us on who you are. But like, yeah. I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, rookie, uh, Colorado's rookie outfielder. Um, he had uh, he set the Statcast record with a hundred and five mile per hour throw to home plate um, against the Blue Jays. On That's September impressive. 2nd. We can't That's be impressive. handing out awards just because you're the best Statcast player, though. Yeah. Uh, beyond his outstanding arm, his glove wasn't bad either. Um. With a fielding run value of 21, I don't even know what that means. But, yeah, he's, yeah, our, center, he's our center fielder, uh, Gold Glove Award winner. Um, right field, we got Fernando Tatis Jr. No way right he's field. winning awards there. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know, in a sense, why he's out there either. So, like, uh, did he win when he was at shortstop? And, like, all of a sudden he moves to right field? I don't know and if he did, there? but clearly the shortstop is the most athletic player on the team if he's going to go win a Gold Glove in an outfield position. Yeah. Agree with that. All right, All right. Won um, at third base in the National League. Third base in the National League. We have Cabrian Hayes out there in okay, Pittsburgh. Okay, makes sense. Uh, shortstop? Yep. Shortstop. We got Dansby. Good old Dansby Swanson from Vanderbilt. I love that. Yeah, yeah. That's the guy I expect to win every year. Second yeah, yeah. base. Second base. We got Nico Horner. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a good defensive player. I know who he is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first base. First base. We got D-backs first baseman Christian Walker. Yeah. Second goal for him. He struggled offensively in the World Series, but, I mean, yeah. you can tell that he's a guy who cares, plays good baseball. How about yeah. National League catcher? Gabriel Moreno. Don't know who it is. D-backs. They're D- the, the, the D-backs catcher. We've talked about him. Oh, times. yeah. I did. Sorry. I was thinking about a pitcher, and I was like, I don't know of a pitcher named Gabriel Moreno, but yeah, yeah. I do know who he is. That guy's tough. If yeah. I had to go pick who was my catcher, um, he would be second up. on my list uh, behind Connor Wong. His hands will, uh, started swelling up when he got hit in the hand. He was still staying in the game. Yeah, so, yeah and they tough. taped it. it was, yeah. yeah, tough tough cookie. How about a uh, starting pitcher over in the National League? So the starting pitcher for the National League, we got Zach Wheeler from the Philadelphia Phillies. That makes sense. He looks like he's Mr. Fundamental. Yeah, Mr. Fundamental. Yeah. And uh, to wrap it all off, our utility guy, Hassan Kim from the Padres. Uh, he played yeah. second, third, Dude, shortstop. He had an amazing pure. year. Yeah, he did. His war was insanely high. The wins above mm-hmm. replacement stat, he was up there around Otani level. I know that for a while. Yeah, no. So, yeah, that's our Gold Glove winners. Yeah. <clears throat> there we go. Hold on. Making my way back over here. <laughs> Yeah. Can y'all can y'all well, still see me? Because I can't see what's going on here. Okay, there we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We <laughs> I can see why you say y'all, it's just me. We're recording. Oh, we don't we're not live. We oh, have okay. to pay to go live, actually. And mm. we would love to do that, but you guys don't listen mm. enough and, and don't interact with the show enough. We're not making any money yet, but we will pretty soon here. 
I guess, yeah. maybe. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I think that's going to do it for us today yep, here will. on Diamonds and Hashmarks. So that is a Monday TNH episode for you. For the final time today, uh, I'm the host and producer, Alex Pichardo. And I'm the co-host, Peyton Pichardo. You dig? We'll see you later. We'll see you Thursday. <laughs>